everyone, hello and welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered. I'm Yanina Doyle. And I'm Jonathan Kleeman. I let you say your own name properly this time. I led into it correctly. Yeah, you did. Unlike the last episode. You didn't do Jim Fro, Jim Fro You're welcome. And we are here with Charlotte, wait for it, Charlotte Christensen. That is perfect. Yes! <laughs> Charlotte, we can't let John do it. Jonathan, unfortunately, I, I literally destroys even a, uh, the most, like, John Smith. He, he yeah, I, somehow, since I recorded, I had to get the last name horribly wrong. That's your rules, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's horribly wrong every time, yeah. Anyway, Charlotte, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, let's pour some wine first. I feel, I actually, we've been, so the, the category today, picked by Charlotte, um, interestingly enough, is Riesling, but Riesling from the New World, um, which made me laugh, <laughs> because in the last few episodes, Riesling has been a, a common denominator, hasn't it? Which is one of those ones I think again, it always crops the wine tree. Wine lovers love Riesling, general public don't like it or don't know about it or are scared of it. So it's sort of a. Well, this, this has to be our mission, right? I think that actually, if people haven't learned by now from our podcast that Riesling is yummy, they need to stop listening, right? <laughs> No, no, they need to tell more people to listen and they keep listening until they do agree So with we us. finally changed the Riesling, the Riesling, re- no. Look, I've, I've pissed off enough demographics, he, so that's not, it's not, I've already pissed off the vegans, so. You piss off the vegans all the time, I try, but hopefully I'm nice enough that they stay. I'm fans of Jamie Oliver, so. Oh, he hates Jamie ones. Oliver, oh my god, anyway, and p- any wines with points, <laughs> and flat earthers. And yeah, we should be the flat surface as well. Yeah, okay, that's really talk about that demographic. You that's hate all of these. Okay, that cheers. Was you. No, no, it was not. Cheers. 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 Nice to have you. So tell us. So you were telling us that you didn't. Act, you weren't. You weren't originally in the wine industry. No, right? not so at all. So I, I asked you to wait till we <laughs> press record. So what were you doing before? So up until mm, about eighteen months ago, I was full-on corporate city lawyer. No! Yeah, I know, you, you wouldn't be able to tell today with my leather jacket Check you and my Nike trainers. And I said that Jonathan was the clever one. Well, we've got a thing to learn. I love that. Lawyer turned wine addict, right? Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So what, okay, so what made you change? I mean, I... Stress the job, I'd assume, you started drinking and then suddenly found you like drinking more than <laughs> being a lawyer. I assume that was... Not quite. I think uh, I've reached a stage in my career where... I was just looking for a, a bit of a change. Mm. Um, I, I'd come up to about six years um, in the law firm I was in, and I was just looking for kind of a more creative sort of pastime to, to get involved in, and one thing led to another, and now it's what I'm doing more, more full-time. It's a bit more complicated than that. Uh. I mean, we, we've got a bit of time, right? We have time. Oh, yeah, no, no. Everybody, listeners, please. Grab a glass, sit down. <laughs> Charlotte's going to begin her story. So last January yes. um, was the point at which I decided to have a bit of a career change mm. and I moved to the States for six months. Okay. And that's where I started doing more wine stuff, started mm-hmm. the journey with the Wine and Spirits Education Trust, okay. WSET, out in New York. Um, I did my advanced level three with them. Mm-hmm. And um, basically had a sort of an adult gap year squeezed into six months. You know, mm-hmm. people do it when they're 18, but actually I think doing it I know, I know, at I know, 30 is a much better idea. I know a guy you, you know yourself so much better as well. Yeah. I know a guy did it with some money as well, I think it's a big difference. But, Having some money, yeah. <laughs> but I knew, I knew a guy who used to be a regular customer, used to work, and um, he did a blog, which you can probably find somewhere called his midlife gap year. Mm-hmm. And him, his, nice. him and his wife basically didn't have kids. He made a lot of money with his company, decided to sell his company. And they just went travelling. And like they would just have no rules in it. So it's like when they went to Argentina, they loved Argentina so much and up staying there for about three, four months. Oh, they come back geez. to England periodically. They would just go, but their view was, you know, we spent all our life making this money, so now we should go and do all the things we want. All the yeah. things we sacrificed to get here, not having holidays, not going away, not going to places where we go to. They just went and lived the best life and I think I remember the best bits of the blog was him talking about Japanese toilets and when they warm up and squirt up your bum <gasps> I tell you wait, <laughs> no, he did, I he did tell a whole you... bit of blog bit and I tell you one funny thing I've ever read I tell you about Japanese it. toilets without having to go to Japan um, M restaurants the one in Victoria yeah. in the I don't know about the men's toilets but in the ladies toilets the one on the end there's only one all the rest are normal so just I, to I, let I've everyone know I've never sat down on the toilet I've been in the, the restaurant quite a few times but I've never sat down on the toilet well I don't know how it is and I don't even know if there is one in the men's toilet 
toilets because, yeah, I'm not a man. We'll, we'll get back to you on this, listeners. The important information is coming to you. We'll tell you where the Japanese toilets are in London. It's brilliant. And yeah, and it heats up the whole toilet seat. And there's a whole load of buttons. There's like a proper remote control where you can choose different things. And I, honestly, no, it, I, I was confused. So the, the, his blog was funny because once in Japan, you don't choose. They're just already set to do it. Oh, wow. goes, 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 so you're going to get squirted whether you want to be squirted or not. I just remember him saying, the bit that made me laugh was him describing, he goes, he goes, he goes the idea of having a warm toilet seat sounds really good. He goes, but it's not warm like hot, warm like a heated seat car warm. It's warm like someone else has just sat there warm, which is slightly disconcerting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so goes, it's not, it's, it's too lukewarm. It's not quite, it's not really, oh, yeah. Okay. So it's, I, That's I, don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. That's no one likes lukewarm. No, I kind of. Poor Luke. I feel, I feel confident like in a very cold toilet. See, like, this has not been. No one's been near this for a while. This is all mine. That's so, all yeah, it is. Oh, okay. So you had your um, midlife. Uh, tra- uh, what was it called? Midlife gap year? Midlife gap year. I have my life gap year. In New York, which is a pretty good pretty place cool. to do it. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. because, um, you know, there's there's a great energy about mm-hmm. the city. Did you know anyone out there? I knew just... no one. Because I'm, I'm always, someone from, like, from my career, like when people make career changes and stuff like this, I always think it's really brave. But I mean, my head was like, even going and travelling and working in another country, which I've got so many people because of the hospitality industry who've done it, the idea of just going somewhere and trying to find a job or trying to have the money to do something or not know where you're going, it's, it's Still, even to me, I still find intimidating at my age now. Oh, so. Yeah, and I actually had quite a few friends who had done a similar thing, and I, I'd always sort of loved, liked the idea of it, but you know, logistically wondered how it would work. But I think um, you know, if you book the flights, you, just, you make it. it. You make it happen. You make it happen. Anyone who's got common sense could probably make it work, as long as you're not completely pending this by something out there. You yeah. can do something, but I think it's intimidating, especially if you're. You having a career, obviously you would have been career set minded. Oh yeah, really I mean my, my week, you know, was I knew where I would be for eighty hours a week That's in amazing. a particular office, you know, with my heads and contracts. Um, so yeah, it was it was obviously completely different. Landing in New York and thinking about what I wanted to spend my time doing for six months. But yeah, so started doing the wine stuff, started studying with the WSET, and then just a whole sort of a strange sequence of events happened um I started blogging a little bit on Instagram mm-hmm. prior to that I had absolutely zero social media presence that's interesting um, I'm going to I, touch on that later <laughs> but I, I set up a, an Instagram uh, account last January to sort of keep my friends and, and family updated as to what I was doing you know that's just lovely. sipping wine and yeah. not documenting um all those sorts of bits um and then via the account I started talking to a lot of people in New York who are also in the wine business or wine bloggers and um, yeah there started to be quite a lot of momentum and I ended up setting up this wine club in New York with a couple of um, other enthusiasts that sort of by my fourth month in um, really took off and we have sort of every two or three weeks a different theme and um, I present quite a lot of them and do teach-ins and, and now it's doing really well, they've carried on. That's uh, amazing, you literally go into another country, <laughs> you're like, hell yeah, I've been here four months and I create a club and I'm going to leave and you guys can carry on without me, like enjoy what I, enjoy my legacy it's, it's, New York, yeah, enjoy. Like, like uh, I did that and then just walk away. But That's it's brilliant, like, um, check you out. I didn't realize no, you but I'm really excited because next weekend I'm having a reunion with a couple of um, Kia though. No, in over in Champagne in France, we're all meeting <gasps> ah, up. Okay, so that's it'll be the first time um, we've all got together since, um, since the club left. in New York. Yeah, that called, is called the Chelsea Wine Society. Ah, um, the Ch- hang on, you called it the Chelsea Wine Society when you were in New York. I lived in the Chelsea area in New York. Oh, check you out. And started we. Um, sort of huddled in one of the empty rooms on the roof of my apartment in Chelsea so we thought yeah let's call it the, the Chelsea, Chelsea Wine Society oh, that's amazing but um, yeah you can check them out on Instagram as well they now get um, people in to taste with them and yeah they're doing this some is cool so stuff cool. Yeah, so, so yeah all this stuff sort of t- started to happen um, mm. out in New York and, and that was um, it you were set huh? it's, it's interesting because obviously when we talk about when we started the podcast a lot of it was because I feel that social media for the wine trade is still relatively hit and miss mm. in the UK and in Europe in general. But I think in America, I think they're a lot more fresher and a lot more switched on. Yeah. I think it's a lot more approachable. Again, it's got, it gives people who are maybe aren't, again, who 
aren't necessarily deep in wine or don't come from certain parts of society that generally drink wine are getting much more involved in America, where in the UK it still is kind of Yeah, I think people are also ner- nervous in the UK, you know, you don't want to say something. We're more reserved, yes. We don't look stupid, that's the biggest traffic we have. Exactly. Which is why I come on the show and look stupid every two weeks for you. <laughs> we so think we, we do, Jonathan's doing, I'm doing it for what you did. For New York, leaving a legacy. He's doing this for the wine industry. It's not legacy, it's just stupidity. We're <laughs> what I'm doing here. Talking of you and what you've done, what have you brought? What oh. wine have you brought? Tell us about the wine. So, to, so obviously it was New World Riesling. was our, our, our step today, so we've gone quite different to what we had last time. So we've got, this is the Maverick. Um, so Maverick Vineyards, this is uh, Trinity Hill, specifically. It's from Eden Valley. Uh, so Eden Valley Riesling, Eden Valley is one of the most famous region for... Um, Riesling in uh, Australia. Sorry, mm. I should probably say it's an Australian Riesling. Pussy Vale, right? That's it is Pussy Vale. Yeah. Prob- this is Pussy Vale. Is, prob- is this Pussy Vale? It's Pussy Vale, yeah. Okay. Not them, but obviously the, the region's called that. So the, the main one we all know, Pussy Vale's very Pusy famous from Riesling. And one of the best priced Rieslings I'd say on the market, if you're going to pick up, you pick up their older vintage release, and it's generally very, very good value. I um, love the mineral. So the region is, yeah. the, the sub-region is called Pusey Vale, okay. and the main vineyard, the main producer vale is also it. called Pusey Vale. Uh, okay, that makes so sense. So you do find a few other people who have Pusey Vale. Maybe on products. the label, but it's not called Pusey Vale. No, yeah, no, this is called Maverick. Um, vintage is 2017, so it's a relatively new one. You tend to find that Australian readings are a bit more generous than some other places. So the lime is a much more riper, not so rindy. The fruit isn't quite as unripe as other regions will be. Um, and you don't get as much petroleum, though some do. No, for sure. And, but this one, for me, is quite peachy as sort of stone fruits. But I yeah. comparing, you know, the more famous region, maybe of Australia, Clare Valley, I always think Clare Valley always has that really limes, that really citrusy yeah, nose. Whereas this, super limey, it, yeah. they're mu- I think, a, a little bit more floral, a little bit rounder, in comparison. And I could be completely wrong. But no, no, I agree. When I, I drink I, I think the a two, big, it's a big issue. A lot, a lot of Australian reasons these for me end up can end up being a bit flabby, at least to the palate over here. We're mm. used to reasoning, reasoning from Germany or Alsace. Um, but I do, I do. When they're good, they're really good. I mean, Egon Mueller's got does a really good reasoning out there. Again, Egon Mueller. Oh, okay. He's got, he's got, as well as Germany, he's got one out there, which is okay. forced to buy tons of that. You want to get an allocation, that's how it works. I'm really pleased you brought an Australian Riesling because the reason I, I chose this topic is I think that moment I had before I moved to New York, mm-hmm. where I was starting to really fall for wine, was a Clare Valley um, Australian Riesling. Was it really? An aged one. And it did, I just had my sort of wine epiphany. From that, because prior to that, I didn't really drink Riesling, and then um, you were one of them, the non-Riesling yeah. drinkers. Yeah, well, again, like mm-hmm. I just still, thought, were you still um, saying Riesling at the time. Were you still drinking Riesling? <laughs> uh, we've all been there. We've all been there. We've all been there. But yeah. Merlot, Chablis. I mean, Riesling is it's only the English who do it. It's one of those really embarrassing things. I always end up cringing. Yeah, but, but we, you know, the everyone speaks write, our language. Scary. We don't yeah. speak theirs, and so you know, we just have a one-way. Understanding of, of how to pronounce things, right? No, no, it's just it's a, it's a one that is English maybe specific. another reason why people are anxious talking about wine, you know. There are so many, oh, yeah, no, but I mean, there's, lots pronunciation of, there's lots of evidence to show anxiety. that you know, every time the Italians go, Why is a French cost not more popular? I go, Because we can't pronounce it, so no one's going to order it. And then mm-hmm. if someone looks at a wine, I think on a wine list and they can't pronounce it, really, again, there's that fear. Where again, I say, like, compared to the American market, you find American customers don't care. Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll just yeah. go in, in and fact, say. And they were just, they don't, and they're going, oh, that's how it's pronounced. I don't mind being corrected. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, if I've ever watched wine videos online or just anything that's wine related mm-hmm. with American sommeliers, for instance, and the pronunciation it's of awful. certain wines actually are, comp- and, and, and I make really bad errors as well, but they, they say it with such confidence and they say it over and over again. And it's, you know, and it is like, hey, this is the way we say yeah, it. We yeah. don't yeah. care. Yeah, no, we we actually don't care. You I, know what I'm talking about. Let's go. No, I do. I just yeah. think when I'm watching the Son movie and every time they pronounce Quadrio wrong, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Quadrio? Like, that's, not, that's not how it's in any way. Like, like come on. Was that painful for you? Just because they're, they're asked to age. Like, come on. Someone at some point's going to have called you out on that. Like, must even a Canadian civilian would have come down and could pronounce French properly style. <laughs> I don't think it's like, it's just one Pacific one. They go, they always go, it's always Quadrio. This was, I, I, it makes me giggle every time. But to be yeah. fair, their accents are so much better than ours, I think. I don't know. When I listen it's to all... American... No, when I listen to America's talking, there is so much more energy. I, I, I always think, oh, and then I listen to myself. Oh, oh. I think really, but I think that's when you put it into anything though. Like, it's like an English accent sounds good, and you've got like the classic English gentleman like Hugh Grant doing it. Mm, okay. When you've got like setup. when you've got like a Manchester United fan, not quite so <laughs> like football fan doing it, not so good. Same like in America, if you've got someone you know who's 
charming American or you know that sort of blase, really in your face but really kind of lovable sort of style. If you've got like the stereotypical, uh, you know, dumb Trump supporting redneck, not quite so charming, is it? So sort of, I think it's depending on the person you say. It's like French. French is the same. Sounds beautiful to some people, other people not so much. What's your favourite accent? Um, I do quite like a French accent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for a French accent. I used to have, I remember she was from Le Carte de Perenne, and I never met her. And apparently someone told me they go, they go, and they knew exactly what I was talking about, but she had the sexiest French voice ever. And you'd be placing an order like, like you'd be sweating afterwards. <laughs> and talk to, they told me off, they go, they, they met her, and a few people I spoke to all knew who I was talking about. They're like, yeah, so I met her, they go, she's like 45 and not what you think at all. She's oh, got no, just this amazing voice. That was, but it just shows that you can be a sucker for that and you, uh, if you lean into it. Yeah. So there, there's a funny acronym for that. Fit on the, fit on the phone, something. Oh, really? Oh, don't know I'll that one. I'll Google it afterwards. I know, I know, I know Fock, which is Body Off Baywatch, Face Off Crime Watch. Which, <laughs> Bob Bob Fock. Fock. Yeah, Bob Fock. Wow. Okay. Which is from when you come from Leighton Buzzard, that's quite a common one. But yeah. So we need to look up your one. Yeah. We're intrigued now, we're intrigued. What do you think of this wine? I need a little bit more of nearly. How much was this? So this uh, I got from Amethyst, so yeah. not far from where we were, because we're recording at Trade. We should plug Trade, so I don't think we even did that class, we should do. But we are, we are in Trade again. A, we are Trade, the Hospitality Members Club, and uh, so it's just around the corner, it's from Amethyst. So they're really good sort of speciality, more to be like, more lean in spirits, but they've got quite a good wine selection as well. Um, they're quite a solid place, you want to always go there and pick a bottle up. This is £24.50, so mm. it's not cheap, but I think it's a good quality Riesling. Um, I think it's a solid price for one. I think this will be interesting. So my wine, which I'll surprise us in a minute, was £21. Um, and your wine, Charlotte, was 20, about £24. £24. Well. So all so the same all sort of price so point. Actually, yeah. this is really I think, good. I think that's a sort we can of compare quite actually... common price point for... Good reasoning. Um, for New World reasoning, specifically. Mm-hmm. Now, do you find, you find that certain regions and styles, they fall in slots? Obviously, if you know Pinot Noir... I think like you look at there's an entry level that tends to be... I mean, you would never really see a Pinot Noir for cheaper than about 15 quid in a shop. Mm-hmm. It's going to be half decent. And then to get, then once you go up to like really good quality, you'll get 20, 30, and then you have burgundy and you go kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But I think the same with like Riesling. I think while it caps off a lot quicker, definitely there's sort of that, you don't really get many for under a certain price. It's such a difficult grape, and they tend to be growing in places like Alsace or on hills. It's always on that steep hill that someone's got to climb. We talked about this ropes, last yeah. episode. So we're going to too much. Riesling's all, in fact, all the best so, grapes. What's the steepest hill I can find? Yeah, steepest, <laughs> steepest, most difficult place I can grow. Fantastic. That's where I'm going to put That's that exactly grape, where yeah. I start. Re- Riesling's a diva, that's a problem. It is a diva grape. Oh, so. but isn't she a lovely diva? There's nothing she wrong is. with a diva sometimes. As long, as long as a good day. your talents yeah. are worth it, right? Yeah. Let's actually just, um, I'm just going to jump. Let's go to mine uh, and compare. So, I got the the boozer or boza bowser. I think Spanish, I'm gonna I'm gonna think Spanish. I think you would pronounce it bowser. So the bowser. I'm um, sticking with boozer because that's, that's a great bowser. name for a wine. A bowser riesling, um, 2015 from Uruguay, which wow. is some. I'm getting very very into Uruguay Uruguayan. Uh, wine, wines from Uruguay. I think they are such excellent value for money. You know, Chile has always been great value for money. I know that from working for them. Um, but Uruguay is this, it's almost like the Portugal to Spain, you know? Mm-hmm. They are, are making so, so so little in comparison. It's funny Wait, no, just funny. So I was, I was judging for um, Wine Merchant Magazine doing the, doing the top 100 the other day. So, so they, get, they collect a lot of wine merchants who they can get to come work for free. Uh, and we basically do a day in London, we go through a load of wines, we enter the competition, pick the best 100, you score them. But when you do these, and I've done quite a lot of judging things before, you always end up getting some crazy wines that have been put in there. And one of the ones we had there was an £85 retail price bottle of Tanat from Uruguay. Wow. Who was the producer? You don't know, it's all blind. Okay. Um, I mean... Though I'm pretty sure if I walked around and started weighing bottles in London, I could tell you which one it was because mm. it weighed more than a magnet. But the wow. bottle was so it's very typical South American or even Spanish. Well, they do, they still do that. Yeah, they're doing that. So I'm pretty sure about sixty pound of the cost was getting the bottle and that weight over to the UK, and then the rest was it was actually the wine. The wine wasn't great, but no, the bottle weighed. I, I have a to ton. say I've tasted some really fantastic examples from Uruguay. Maybe, no, I've had lots of good maybe, that's, that's funny part. Okay. I've had been like tiny normal bottles that'd be yeah. great, and this one was in the world's most grindy. But, but for the but for the price point, no, it's eighty five pounds. Yeah, that it has to be pretty yeah. spectacular for that. That's you're in some big you're, you're getting some big shoes there if you're going eighty five pounds for a big red. It's, uh... I might be being emotional because I love South America, 
but I personally prefer this. I think this is more green apples, more classic, more zesty, more mineral. I have to agree with you, Heather. Yes! Sorry. Sorry. I, I, the I, the yes. minerality on this as well is really I'm, I'm appetizing. It, it's, it's, it's kind of, kind of steely in a yeah, little way. Yeah, yeah. And the other one's more... A little bit more precise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. What I find interesting is because in Europe is such a hot country, and the only reason we say yeah. that. Yeah, no, no. Do you want to know something? Sorry. Yes. Drop, drop I, knowledge. I, I, drop I, I, the because, knowledge. No, because again, people don't. Do you want to know stuff? Good. I, I want to know exactly. Before what you cooling influence. Before, <laughs> before, before you start, do you actually know? We're going to get halfway through, and then ask the audience to find out for you again. What do you mean? You've done it before you go, well, it's, I think it's this, or could someone please tell us later? You've done okay. that a few well, times. Well, so I you, probably do, know. but I do know because, you know, I've been really interested in wines from Uruguay. Um, first of all, most of the, there are vineyards obviously all over the country effectively, but 90% is down on the on the coastline in the south. So it's the Atlantic Ocean. There you go, you want to know cooling? The cooling influence is the Atlantic Ocean and the breezes. <laughs> but what actually makes it really exciting is that unlike Chile and Argentina, which can be much more kind of new world and more powerful and bigger fruit, the Uruguay is considered kind of the gateway to between new world and old world in terms of the fact that actually, like Bordeaux, the influences of what Bordeaux has, very much a lot of the vineyards on the coastline in Uruguay have something very similar a thousand millimetres of rain, all these kind of cooling breezes, and apparently something like 99 different soil types or something. Interesting. Around so this Uruguay. would be a really interesting comparison with the wine I've bought, mm. because South Africa as well, which is where my recent's from, also has a lot of ancient soils and yeah. a huge diversity. And as they will tell you every time you go, <laughs> we have the oldest soil in the world. Like, hey, we have the oldest soil. <laughs> We use a strong word, you stole it, but carry on, you have the... Uh... <laughs> and it's from um, Elgin, which is, again, really, really cool. So, again, oh, you know something what? kind of... Let's let's do you know what? I let's love. do something. We never do this. We normally space out the wine, um, but I can't wait. So let's put um, the uh, Eden Valley first. The oh God, uh, this, is, this is from Canalonis. This is from Canalonis in um, Uruguay, which is basically just north of Montevideo. Montevideo is the capital okay. of Uruguay, mm -hmm. and basically, in fact. 60% of all production happens basically around Montevideo, which it has got, makes sense, it's, right? It's, a city, it's got very, very pretty acidity. Like it very, really very is stunning. And so now, we've, we've never done this, Charlotte. We, so we, really? just, we just know we're, we're going to compare all of them um, and then see which... which that yeah. Basically, it's, it's anarchy, everyone. It's all gone to shit now. Our entire programme is... Oh, Charlotte, you've ruined everything. <laughs> our, carefully, our carefully planned and planned out shows completely destroyed this and this view. Please, Charlotte, introduce your wine. <laughs> okay, so I have brought today a South African Riesling. Um, and huh. It's made by a lady called Jessica Sauwein. And it's 2018, made uh, from grapes picked in Elgin, which is a, quite a cool little bit well, wet coast, um, quite area. Well. Yeah, quite coastal. I think it's about seven or eight kilometres from the sea. Um, so... I've had one of her red wines before, and she only started, uh, I think she released her first vintage of her red wine in 2015, so she's new in the game, but wow. everyone is raving about her wine, so this, really wanted to try this. This, in my opinion, is like lemon sherbet. Like that literally, is on I the tasting note. That what? is actually on the tasting note. High five me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is like, a, it's like those, do you remember lollies? In your childhood, that you used to put in the lemon sherbet. They were called, I thought they yeah. were called dip dabs. Dip, my mind's oh, dip, dab, dip yes. dabs, where you do is dip dabs. And that with the licorice, and then you dipped it in mm. the other side. But yeah. this is this like a, it's like a sweet and sour, powdery, sugary, but not, you know, the yes. wine is still what you get. Like, that's like drying. On the uh, aftertaste, yeah, it's like drying. It's, it's, on the it's, it's, trying to describe to people if you don't to it, I think the word minerality gets thrown around so much, I, I, I get annoyed because it doesn't it, exist. Please. You don't, don't want to define minerality. You can. Really, Steely, everyone's really, everyone's really talky, angry. Talky, but I tell you, I do really think you do find it in there. I think it's minerality, the thing about it, it's not just flavour, it's texture. Actually, that yeah. is true. Like, like, like a leanness, something that's very tense, something that's very direct. And reason, and reason is a great this. example of a wine that picks up the terroir, as we've said so many times before. And this is why some wine, wine geeks love it so much, is because if you look at all three of these reasonings, the minerality is there on all of them, but completely different. Yes. And we've got you can you can almost feel like you can taste softer soil, harder soil, and then you can this mm -hmm. you can feel it in all of them. And it's, it's ironic how many times even if you've never been to the vineyard, you can feel those minerality. You go to the vineyard and find the soil is probably like that. Mm. So you probably can taste clay, or you can taste the softer, harder. Mm -hmm. 
and he can, I think he's free show that really well actually. This is absolutely fantastic. This is so much, you know, so I feel like... I feel too much about whether mine is uh, biodynamic, so I don't know if that's <laughs> helping now. Don't I'm try my, and bring I'm that into the I'm getting bonus points in now. I'm not sure whether yeah, mine is or extra not. Mine's not, but um, I had a, a lovely message from Jessica because we've exchanged a few messages mm-hmm. over Instagram and I was asking her about practices in the vineyards and um, she said, you know, because it's quite wet and elegant, they're not fully organic, but they try and do as many organic practices. As much as they can. Yeah, Which so me- me- mealybug is a big problem out there. So what, the way what is mealybug? Mealy it's like mealy this, bug? Oh, I don't know about the mealybug. I think mainly in South Africa. I don't know where else I... you get Oh, that's, 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 that's an advanced question I should know. Um, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you took too long. Moving on, Charlotte. They, they, uh, they use um, uh, ladybirds to uh, combat... To, okay, this is, um, there's, there's a vineyard called Ladybird in Australia because yes. they're famous yeah. for releasing them and they got the idea such because you find them really commonly in the Rome like Bocastel and areas like that uh, vineyards like that naturally so I think Bocastel has actually always, always been organic as far as I know a lot of, a lot of the Rome has been and finds it very easy because they've got a lot weather of weather as well is a weather, lot better, the right especially down in the south. But also south because road. they've been doing it for so many years, the, you, you tend to find if you have a, a vineyard that's your been organic. Your roots have gone, as, yeah, the, the older no, you find, the more resistant they are to everything. So if you have lots of pests, yeah. you tend to attract lots of insects that like to eat pests, and ladybirds eat a lot of pests that cause problems. So, But I know there's the ladybird vineyard, I believe it's in Stellenbosch, and they release ladybirds every year into vineyard to eat all the pests and be able to keep the wine organic. So it's... Uh, yeah. Nice idea. Mmm. Mm. So um, I have to say, interesting, going back to yours, I think um, in terms of just uh, a round, a little bit more full body wine, it's kind of easy drinking, yours yours fits that, that bill, it's that more kind of... She's saying yours, she's looking at me, so you know, she's looking more oh, like sorry. yours. Oh, sorry, oh, are we not on camera? To... No, we're not. Jonathan's we're not. wine, the first wine from Eden Valley, is much kind of rounder, a little bit fuller, a little bit, a bit fleshier. I don't yeah. know if you... What, what you, right, yeah, right, it's definitely riper. I should mention Maverick because we're going to confuse people. So the Maverick from Eden Valley. Yeah, best uh, friends of Goose. What, sorry? Top Gun Goose. Okay, no, reference gone. Charlotte doesn't get it either. No, no. And <laughs> shoot you in the head. So that, yeah. And now going to the so the, um, the Bouza from Uruguay, I just want to point out for anybody who wants to go into an experience of um, wines from Uruguay, they are one of the top um, uh, wineries in, that, in, in, in Uruguay and they win a lot of awards and they've obviously got you know incredible tannic as well, which is obviously the red grape variety that Uruguay is famous for. So I highly advise they, they're in the UK, which, which really makes a difference because not a lot of it comes to the UK. Um, and try it. So this, this my one, the, the Bouza, is from Jeroboam's. That's so Jeroboam's, you can get it online and they've got shops all over London. So this is perfect. I'm not sure what other wines they're doing, but if they're doing the Riesling, they must have the tannic. They must have some Merlot or some... In fact, Albarino is some, the Albarinos in Uruguay are delicious and such better value. And they've got a real, really limey citrus note that comes through. It's amazing. Oh, wait, uh, John, John is eating. Sorry. But he's, he's, he's putting his hand up like he wants to talk. Um, yes. No, no, I'm just saying, I know that Alice Richmond do a Uruguayan Albarino, because okay. I remember trying that, it was very good as well. So I completely forgot they have got Caller Climbing to do it, actually. No, it's absolutely stunning. And I, and I just, I, I was, um, Amanda Barnes um, is a wine writer. Um, she was one of, on one of our podcasts last, um, last series. Incredible. She knows so much about South America. Um, I have a bit of a crush on her. And um, she interviewed Peter Richards, who obviously is a bit of an advocate for South American wine. And interesting, again, another thing um, that I've just Peter discovered. Richards from? Peter Richards, Master of Wine. No, just give more. Oh, yeah, Peter Richards, Master of Wine. Um, there is um, an interview that she did with him. And he went to Uruguay recently and just said it was the most progressive country. He was so, so surprised. You know, you go there, um, education is completely free, um, abortion is legal, gay rights is legal, every restaurant has to have 10% vegan um, options. You'll love that. Sorry, Jonathan. Um, okay, I, I, 90%. I, I, I like <laughs> shut up, yeah. you. 90% renewable, 90% renewable energy. I'm probably missing off half the stuff um it's it's a really amazing country that's really you know they really push women's rights um and stuff with their kind of politics and stuff so there's so much stuff going on so i'm like i'm literally on a bit of a, a crusade that i'm gonna really get to know the wines of, of uruguay and, and hopefully visit soon because it's just it, there's so much stuff we don't know in uruguay have you yeah in montevideo montevideo is the capital no where I went to. I got a bait from, <laughs> from 
from Buenos Aires. So okay. Wherever yeah. that is. No, Buenos Aires, no. Probably you went a little... So Montevideo is right on the south, but Buenos Aires is a little bit more to the west. So you might have gone just to one it of the... It was to an old colonial town. It was, I've never been to yeah. anything uh, quite like it. It was beautiful. Mm. But so go back. Everyone, everyone has to go. I think it's lovely the surprise places. Everyone, oh, we've got to go to Brazil. I want to go to Argentina. You know, no, let's let's go to... And Uruguay being, you know... And it's funny, I've, I was speaking to my partner yesterday, who's from Colombia, and both of us were saying, we neither of us have ever met anyone from Uruguay. He lived in Spain for 10 years. Obviously, we're all, I've, I've been in England the whole time. Because I think they don't leave the country because actually their economy is really, really good. They're actually, you know, everyone's treated fairly. I think they're actually very happy people. So we've it's heard it's, 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 let's leave England and all move to Uruguay. Shall we? Take, take well, but we know that well, the, wine know the wine is wine fantastic. Is, so, yeah. uh, but I, I am competitive. I, I don't know which one I prefer between my one. Sorry, Jonathan, you're out of the way. No, no, no. Um, I've got, got that quite early. I've got that quite early. Yeah. Lemon sherbet from Elgin in South Africa, your one, which yep. the name of your one is? It's called Chi. So Chi. So Chi Riesling from Elgin. Yes. Beautiful lemon sherbet. Yeah, very sort of zesty, lemonade. It really is. It's also a little bit soapy and floral and powdery and pretty, like being in an in a blossom, you know, field. Full yeah, of I mean, blossoms. look at the label as well. She um, it's very has feminine. Has artistry on it that really depicts kind of the sort of essence of the wine so it's a, yeah really stunning label if you have a look it is and it's a man within um a, a beautiful garden and please note a <laughs> naked man unfortunately he's not showing anything ah talking of wine labels everybody oh and i wish i could remember it I, when you guys are talking maybe i'll google it there is a um wine label in, from orange in australia and it literally is a man who's naked it's like a cartoon drawing and his penis, and I can use that word because it is a technical word, his penis is longer than his legs and carries on along the picture. It is a cartoon drawing of a naked man with the most humongous penis, and this is on a wine label, an orange. That would be that would be quite ironic if it's, it was... It doesn't wine. come to the UK, I No, 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 it would be ironic if the wine's really bad. No, a good definition of, of a guy overstating his manhood and then it turns out it's been disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> that would be though, we go, holy shit, why would you put this label on me? Hilarious and sell it to people. <laughs> Apparently, uh, it was a wine, th these are, um, it was um, the wine wankers on Instagram were the ones that, pro yeah, that were promoting it. Um, and they said it was one of the best wines they'd tried. Um, and ironically, uh, this crazy artistic label, the owner, uh, of the of the winery is a seventy two year old man. It's absolutely yeah, hilarious. Because, yeah, but you you caveat. He's a seventy two year old Australian man. That makes everything makes a lot more sense. <laughs> and I know there's another wine as well. I mean, I'm gonna be annoyed. I can't remember the producer. I know the carpenter did have it. Um, it's a Pinot, and they did he did a few different wines and had different labels. And one is a very artistic. Looks like, I think it's actually an artist painting, mm. but it's just of a stool on a stool. But I mean, a poo on a stool. And then I think the wine is called something like a stool on a stool. So, you know, Australian sense of humour is have an artistic picture of a poo on a stool and then put it on top of their pinot and sell it. So uh, it doesn't, at this point, shock me at all. <laughs> I think I quite, I love it, but it's, uh, yeah, so... Um... Well, anyway, we like good labels, and I do like your label. And actually, from Elgin, it's not, it's called Chi Reasoning, but the name of the winery is Sorvine? Yes, yeah, so she's, she's, she's the winemaker, Jessica Sawin. So Chi actually means... Sawin. Life God... Cheese in Chinese cheese. Yeah. 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 It's an energy. So, yeah, it's an which energy. is good. It's the idea of passing energy from the ground and the sun into the grapes into what we drink. Yeah. And we then like it. Eventually Quite into, and then eventually yeah. into the Thames. But you know that ruins <laughs> the pre-image of it at that point. That's the circle of life. So where do you um, where do you get this from? I got this from Swig. Mm -hmm. Um, ordered it online. I think, yeah, as you said, about the £24 mark. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, no, they, have, the, they have some great wines as well. But Swig are very good. They're almost as good as Twisted Cellar, but they're very good. Um, <laughs> shame um, you probably good. don't know yet, Jonathan wants a Twisted Cellar. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, ha yeah, yeah. hashtag shame self-promotion. But you Twisted Cellar are, are delivering now, aren't they? Yeah. What is, how far, do they deliver everywhere in the UK? Nation nationwide. But what's the delivery charge? Is it uh, free if you spend enough money? Yes, so probably the same as everyone else, so it's £100, anything over £100 is free, and it's uh, okay. £50, um, if not, which is pretty much, I think we did the market research, it's the same as pretty much everyone is in the same boat, um, well, except for Amazon Prime, but we can't really do that, so... Yeah. Well, you would have brought a wine from Twisted Cellar had you not forgotten, right? Yeah, if, if I had actually done my job properly and not forgotten it, we would, but then, I'm glad I didn't, because that would have been South African, 
and that would have been awkward. Oh, oh so, no, this is much nicer that we've got a selection of wines. And I'm sorry, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know what I'm bringing next time. I'm going to bring it home early. We'll be planning it ahead for the next one, so it's fine. Um, I was going to come back to you. So I that you worked in law and then got into wine because you're yes. the only person who's done this, obviously. So, um, for not those the only person who's done this on, no, on our no, podcast. No, no, not the only person who's done this. It's quite. Oh, you're common. not. Okay, me and Charlotte heard. So you're the only person that has done this. That is only that has gone no, from. You're not the only lawyer. person who's gone from. Yeah, you're so, not the only person. Um, obviously, Hugh Johnson famously. He was a lawyer, and that's was he? Yeah, that's his, well, was his main job for years. He Look at you, Charlotte. You're the female um, Hugh Johnson. But then there's also <laughs> who you actually more remind me of for the sort of complete career change. Obviously, his wasn't. It was a hobby that turned into something bigger. Um, is Jira Sarah Ahmed? So she's a writer. She does. Say her name again. Sarah Ahmed. If I'm correct. Sorry, Sorry, Sarah. If I'm not. Um, but she's uh, considered probably sort of the leading um, journalist um, aficionado on Portugal and Australia. So uh, and she did the same thing. And she's again. She has this. Hers is a little bit different to yours. Hers was literally the case of work for her. She wasn't enjoying so much. It got to the point where she was doing very, very well, was very high up, and I think it was a bit later in life than for yourself. But she had that same thing where she was like, I'm doing something I don't enjoy. So she was really successful but didn't like it. And then she completely just changed. I remember speaking to her, I go, so how is it like dealing with the money change? She goes, yeah, that was a challenge. I think about this like, every day. Her, like, eyes, her really eyes, like, you see a little bit of her eyes, she's like, yeah, there was one good bit about that job. But she's like, this is a little bit of like this. But, you know, but it's, it's interesting. No one can see Charlotte's face. Charlotte's face is kind of like a, this yeah. sad smile uh, of the No, past. I, I disagree because oh, all okay. I do with, when I... That money in the city was spent on wine anyway, so okay. you know, now I get to go to the trade events and, and drink the wine for free. That's a nice You should have been the counter with the way of thinking, I could not get paid, but then I would get the wine for free, it works out. <laughs> what are you doing now then? You said you started up a wine club in New York, so what's the what's the wine empire so, here? <laughs> so the wine empire here, I, I'm studying quite a lot, mm-hmm. so I'm doing um, my diploma with the Wine and Spirits Education Trust, mm-hmm. so I'm... Um, Coming up to halfway through the course, done uh, a number of exams so far. Yeah. Do you get a discount for every time you mention them? No, I don't. Absolutely. Check them, check them, check them. <laughs> WCT does not work like that. Like, sure. But they want to sponsor us, but happy to mention them no, more. But it's fine. Before, you know, two years ago, I hadn't even heard of them. But maybe that's because I was living but in When my, you're not in the wine corporate. trade, you haven't. But anybody who is in well, the wine trade. All my friends know about it now. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, if you want to have a qualification that is you know, considered valuable in the wine industry worldwide, that's mm-hmm. the one to do, isn't it? So, how are you finding it? I actually love it. I um, do. Yeah. I did not love doing my diploma, and it was the best day of my life to finish. <laughs> did you do it? How many? How long did you do it? I uh, well, I did it in. I did it over two years, and I did it where you go to school for um, like nine weeks uh, every week on one year, and nine weeks the second okay. year, and then you do your exams throughout. Okay. Right, so are you doing something similar? I'm, I'm doing one evening a week for uh, a year and a half. Forever. That, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the rest of time. Okay. That might be, do you know, maybe that's more enjoyable. It's quite um, sociable because it's actually a mix of probably two thirds trade and then like. Because you do WCW centers attracts a lot of non trade people. There's a lot of so, lawyers, yeah. bankers, accountants mm. um, as so well. So it's kind of quite yeah. diverse. Great, and um, yeah, no, the people have really made it for me um, so far. It's, we're quite a, a social class. Okay, um, that's nice. So yeah, I've enjoyed that side of it, and and you know, learning because I've come in to this quite late. You know, as I was saying, mm-hmm. eighteen months ago, I still sat at my desk um, with my head in a contract. It's 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 good for me to be you know learning and forcing myself to to, nice. to to learn every week. So yeah, studying and then I do quite a lot of work now um, with different brands on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have actually a really exciting campaign coming up, which will be kind of for the second half of May and all of June, mm-hmm. um, which I'm doing with Loire Valley Wines. Oh nice. So basically talking to. Everyone who wants to hear about it, about <laughs> about the Loire Valley. Sorry, I shall expect you do, to see you on exactly. Instagram. Are you doing Loire Valley all over, or are you doing specific parts of it? Um, pretty much all over, apart from been, like the, the inland. But central. Yeah. It's just because it's there's been a very big push. That's what I was asking because I think central kind of don't need to. So you know, okay. So you're not going to focus on if anyone who doesn't know like the central area. So you're not going to do Sancerre. No. You're not going to do. Quite a few um, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's going to be. Because I've done I've done a lot of events with them the last few where they've been again more promotion, especially for Anjou, um, Vouvray. Yeah, Vouvray. Honestly, for me, is such a yeah. region that is that, that no one's heard of. Chenin Blanc in as a great variety, which. 
depending on all he doesn't know about all the varieties. Shadow Blanc is the main grape variety. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of a, yeah, but you the, know, the, people but have the, no idea. The, and prob- it's, uh, there's the problem about it is the same thing that always being and I did say it to them, which is that unfortunately the region, its biggest strength is its biggest weakness. There's a massive amount of diversity. Yeah. And I think you've got very, very sec, very, very and all the sweet, yeah, dry, the sweet, sweet stuff, and then you've yeah. got very, very sparkling, but they all have very, very on them. And then on top of that, unfortunately, one vuv, one dry vuvray will not taste the same as another. There's no typicality, no, which is great I, for a wine lover. But the problem is that now, someone who works in retail, it's useless for selling to cost consumers yeah. because they don't have. I, and I'm saying to someone, unless I know the producer, I'm not going to take a punt on a vuvray. And even worse, if you're in a restaurant, because unless the sommelier recommends it, so unless mm. you have someone selling it, I, unless I know the vuvray, I'm not going to take. Pay the money for it. Now, they're not too expensive, but they, they, you do have that that big issue. So then you end up with just the same names. You end up with only like four or five names you see all over London, which is quite common as well with Vouvray. And it's, it's a shame because there's a phenomenal amount of really great producers there, but its biggest weakness, and I can quite honestly say to one of the events, is actually their diversity. So mm-hmm. they either need to segment it off more or make it, if it is just terroir, then maybe it needs to be said when you did the part of terroir, it's like change the name slightly. The, shan- the sparkling, get rid of Vouvray and put something else in it. It's stupid trying to have. It's, it shouldn't do sparklings with the same name really as whole regions unless it's focused because otherwise, again, consumers get confused. I think the point of the campaign is just to, to highlight it as, yeah, and it, as an exciting region. I'm saying someone who loves it. I, I think yeah, the region's yeah. fantastic. I love Suman. I think the Loire. And, and just so consumers, when they go into. Yes, oh, yes. exactly. It's, it's actually got chateaus, it's got the castles. But I mean, the wine, don't mean, I'm saying the wine quality there is phenomenal, and mm. I think it's great value. I think, unfortunately, They've had two really shocking vintages for quantity. Now that's come back in 2018 for the whole all over the Loire. But I think their biggest issue is that, and that's the opposite. When you go to, if you buy a Sancerre, whether it's bad or good, you generally know what flavours are going to be in there. Same with Polyfume, same with uh, Sauvignon Terrain. Chenin, also part of the grape style itself. But even South African Chenin, whether they ever be the cheaper version or the more expensive, there's consistency in the flavour profile and things like that. And it just lacks that a little bit. Sumar's a bit more consistent. But reasons like Vouvray and Anjou, they're just... But you say that again, Muscat. You know, I've tasted well, phenomenal more consistent, Muscat. Much more consistent, though. But again, people, there's no really top producers. No, it's coming back. It's coming there's, back. There's Muscat's coming back. You're, you're but it's, your it's money people. On it. People, no, people is going back down again, which is what took over from Muscat. Mm. But it's never going to be. I don't think. I could hopefully I'm wrong in ten years because the style of wine Muscat is because it's that savoury. If you don't know, Muscat is on the seaside, so it's got a very savoury saline. Um, it's been phenomenal with oysters. It's dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so cheap. It and you, if you find really good ones, like some of the better producers, they can age for a lifetime. You, you want to be um, looking for the Muscat de Surly normally. Yeah, by Muscat de which is, means extra time on, which most of the production is now. Extra anyway. time on what? You didn't extra time on the leaves. You surly, didn't even complete your sorry. sentence. Surly, literally meaning time on leaves. Let's give a minimum of mm-hmm. nine months. I mean, off the top of my head, it's has to be on leaves. No, surely, I don't know. I think it's nine months. I think off the top of my head, but I could be wrong. Jonathan thinks it's nine months. Yeah. Let us know if he's wrong. Um, yeah, all the fans out there. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's it's one of those regions where again, I think it's a phenomenal one for price yeah. to quality. It doesn't always get the recognition, but then because of its style, like people would have it only works with food generally. It's not really a drinking wine, and it's not one that you're going to have with all kinds of food either. I don't know. I think the fresher, the fresher muscadets, the really the cheap, zingy, fresh green apple styles are great to knock back. What's the difference between that and a Sauvignon Blanc before you do them? I think you would. Again, looking from the direct consumer, you'd struggle to convince someone who drinks those like Albarinos or New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs to go to a Muscat. I think you'd struggle extremely. Unless, again, fashion completely changes again and people go away from... Fashion always fruity. changes. Come back, comes back around and it's how most of the time. But yeah. Exactly, well, we'll see. But, but that's um, exciting. Yeah. So you're you're going to be doing promoting that the whole... Yeah, so go, going out to the Loire and um, working on a number of events in London. Okay. Ah, um, so you're going to you're be, gonna be you're gonna ship exciting. yourself across to France. Yeah, so bit. going off with a, a couple of um, other Instagrammers to, um, you know, show you everything that's going on in the Loire. That's Not so just exciting. the wines, the food. It, uh, the Loire is a travel destination as well. It um, really is, and I have um, yes, um, like, like the photos. I really, I'm gonna, I want to go do because you can do all the way up the obviously up the river. So oh, exactly. The Loire. And unfortunately, in Bordeaux, they lie about the chateaus. There's barely any castles or manors in Bordeaux. It's all a big fib, and they just use no, but they really are. There's Disney, Loire, just, breathtaking yeah. um, uh, chateaus. Um, in fact, Ladoucette. So obviously, I know you're not focusing on the Central Valley. So um, Puy Fourme. 
but um, Lavaset is one of my favourite wineries um, in that area, and Baron de L uh, is their is their top cuvee, which is absolutely like it's just pure deliciousness. Um, anyway, their winery is literally a castle, and I am if, if anybody who's listening, do Google Lavaset. Uh, winery Lavaset Castle, and it looks like Disneyland literally themed their the Magic Castle on the Lavaset Castle. It is absolutely divine. It so if you if you get a chance, oh my god, go and see them because whew, it's uh. It's, I mean, you it's think like only the Frenchman is good at holding a castle, so we're building them. They've had a much better history, but yeah. So. He's starting. Yeah, I'm attacking. Giving dicks to the French on the challenge. <laughs> So, okay, this brings me to my segment, wine news. There's not much wine news going on, unfortunately. We won't, well, maybe that's a good thing. We can just drink wine and relax. But I wanted to talk about Prosecco. So basically, um, the Conegliano... Uh, ah, question. Conegliano Valdobbiadene or Valdobbiadene? The first. the first one. Valdobbiadene, because, because I've asked Italians, and some say Valdobbiadene, and some say Valdobbiadene. Okay, so can I, unfortunately when it comes to Italy, it is a country of, no, 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 this, Italians will probably back me up on this one, um, their dialects are far stronger than like, you'd find somewhere in the well, UK. Well, they used to be two different countries, effectively, didn't not, they? Not two, like seven or eight. Well, okay, fine. Um, and it's, you know, most Italians will say Napoli's not it Italy, or you'll find someone to say that Piemonte is not Italy, or this and this. But they, like, when I was in spending time out in Italy, between generations, like you get in Alsace because they change German to French, but just in small villages, you'll get people who don't speak Italian, they only speak the dialect. Mm. And I'm not saying we did ever say this, but at the Ritz, when people would come from the south of Italy, and they'd say, please teach me English, when they were a commie, we'd say, no, we'll first teach you to speak Italian properly, then we'll teach you English. <laughs> so trying to get Italian's degree on anything, or how anything's pronounced, or meant to be done, so- or cooked, it's not happening. Anyway, for anyone who doesn't know, for anyone who actually just drinks Prosecco, which normally is a DOC, Denomination Origin Controlling, that's your wines that are £6 wines, £7 wines. Actually, Prosecco, inside a very small region, which is all the steep hills, which is where the delicious stuff comes from, there is one town called Conegliano. We all know that that's how it's pronounced. The other one is a little bit further down the road. I mean, literally 20 minutes down the road, and it's called Valdobbiadene or Valdobbiadene. One of them. One of those two. One of them. So, I'll pick one. I have no idea what's actually accurate. But, um, basically, the Conegliano Valdobbiadene... Well, you can't say it. I'm now mixing the two. I give it one out every three times. Every two times, I get it mixed up. It's too much time. I got Italian Valdobbiadene. Prosecco Superiore DOCG. So the DOCG bit has the garantita bit at the end, which means it has to come from within that area. The yields are much smaller. It comes from steeper hills. Um, the quality is much better. So they have been around for fifty years. So what they want to do is they want to promote. Uh, Prosecco with food um, and specifically with afternoon tea which I think is quite apt for us British people um, so the little hashtag and I actually haven't looked on Instagram yet but it's called Superiore Afternoon that's the hashtag so you mentioned you said afternoon tea that, so that's just stupid because afternoon tea sweet, you need a sweeter sparkling not necessarily you do. No, sweet with sweet no 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 no, no, no. because the idea well first of all the idea is like there are all different types out there of Prosecco. So you've got your Brute, you've got your Extra Brute, you want the dry stuff. You much sweeter stuff in Prosecco. You, you, well, you have, you definitely have dry. You, have you definitely have dry and extra. And for anyone, we've talked about this before. Yeah, but the, the term, dry the terms, is sweeter The terms the there don't actually mean that. They're not strict. So there's no rules governing the rules they have there with the names. So they I, don't follow the champagne rules. So they're I the don't same, agree they're the same with you. So you can find an I extra dry and you can find a brute and they're exactly the same. I don't agree with you. There are actually rules for Prosecco. They're not exactly the same. As no, I'm saying, but they, don't, they, they do but, not follow anywhere near the same. But... Extra brute, then brute, then extra dry and dry. It gets sweeter as they go along. Shh, you. You are such a troublemaker. This is, I fully, fully... You'd be better with Moscato Diasti with afternoon tea. Oh, my God. You're so annoying. True, though. So, it's not true. Have you done your... Charlotte, have you done your um, sparkling wine exam yet? No, coming up. Okay, so unfortunately, Charlotte can't contribute. But when she does, she will understand that I'm writing your rules, so (laughs) shut your face. Anyway, no, because if you take take a, a brute... 
um, uh, Prosecco Superiore wine that's going to be amazing with prosciutto, for instance, and Parma ham and all like the actual sandwiches. But then if you start taking the dry stuff, which is a little bit sweeter, it's going to be lovely with like a lemon tart. A lot of the, you know, like pastries that you have with desserts don't need something that's super, super they sweet. Don't. They have they do some have sugar something. in it. I don't think you find any Prosecco with enough sugar in it. And more importantly, none you can sell in the UK market. Do you want to watch? <laughs> well, that's because only 6% of DOCG Prosecco Superiore is drunk in the UK. Yeah. So quite clearly, you're only drinking the shitty Prosecco. No, I sell DOCG. You're not drinking it, though, are you? No, God, no, I drink champagne and sparkling like a civilised human being, but there you go. Shut, stop it. Stop Look, dissing if Prosecco. If I was lovers. spoons and celebrating curry night, I would have Prosecco. Okay, no, no. shush now. <laughs> Charlotte, what are your opinions on Prosecco? <laughs> and, and I, I love Prosecco. There is a time and a place for Prosecco. I, I think I overdid it in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. I, I prefer it a, a little drier now. Yes. I have to drink it as part of my course, mm -hmm. so I will do so with a smile. Just, just for just for listeners, the look I got then was someone who's going to look up. I want to be nice, but I kind of agree with a horrible person in the room. <laughs> That's and that hilarious. Was, which is the best look up. No, I don't want to be as mean as him. But no, at the end of the day, Prosecco is a very, very, for me, Prosecco is very different to champagne and sparkling wine made in the traditional method. For me, they both have bubbles, but they're completely different. So I don't, whereas generally the world is lumping together, oh, would you prefer Prosecco or champagne? Meh. Prosecco, I, I'm very happy putting that as a category on its own. And on oh, a beautiful I'm happy. day. I'd agree the other category on its own. Do you know, and I also, Prosecco Superiore. They often, not often, well, they often, but it doesn't come into the UK, that's for sure. They are actually using the traditional method. But that's never coming into the yeah, UK. The, so you can actually have some really interesting the grape, the grape variety itself just can't give that much. It's just unfortunate. It's nothing against the product. It's, it is what it is. It's a great price quality bubbling wine. It's fantastic what it does. Exactly for the price. But, we can't all, but you know what? If you're going to buy a champagne at £30, there is absolutely no wow factor at all. You're buying the wrong champagne. Um, well, how much growth? Right, no, no, no. Let's talk about our consumers that and the listeners who are going to. No, no, no. So let's go to supermarket um, and we'll talk about champagne. Twenty-one pound now for Piper Heidsieck in Sainsbury's. Boom! There you go. Piper Heidsieck's fantastic. Uh, most awarded ever sparkling wine maker in the world. Who makes it? He won it ten but out of eleven years. Okay, first of all, what what price does it normally sell at? About thirty. Well, first of all, thirty. And are you blown away by it? Thirty pounds. Well, I don't no, you blow away by that. By that. Uh, I think it's extremely consistent. I mean, if you're looking at thirty pounds. You're talking Paul Rogero as well. No, but you know what? When we're drinking wine, you know, we can have wines at twenty pounds plus, and you can really get excited about them. Do you honestly? You're telling me that ignore the tw that's amazing. Everyone, go and buy a twenty-one pound bottle of champagne because that is amazing. Well, I love saying you're going to love that. them. So that's amazing. However, that is amazing. I hold my hands up. That's amazing. But, lost, lost lead of that one, and I'm making But money. either way, at thirty pounds, which is what it is worth, if that's what it is. Yep. Do you get the wow factor? Well, no. if you're talking about sparkling. What, what am I going to compare to it in the sparkling world? You only got English sparkling, which again are all about the same price point. Um, I know that other countries keep trying. Californian can keep plugging at it, but unfortunately, I've never found it's got the same. Grower champagne is so much more exciting and so. But it's not cheap in my But you can't. But you can't get it in a supermarket. No, but then I would advise everyone to move away from supermarkets. If you're small independent wine merchants, you'll find in all your towns and places. Plenty <laughs> Twisted around. Cellar, perhaps? Twisted Cellar is a great way for Bishop's Thornford area. But the difference is no, I think for a start, if you go to them, you'll find a better bargain than you will in the supermarkets because you don't have to worry about big brands. Um, and I think you have to go near big brands anyway. We don't ever drink big brands here. So, you know, it's, uh, but to go, say that you should drink Seco, Seco does do it again. It's good for a pub wine, it's good for a lunch, it's good for a, if you're doing if you're doing bottom oh, brunch. That's fine, you guys. Listen, hashtag shit all over my news. That's fine. No, don't don't worry about it. Oh, I'm sad. For but I'm, I was fine for it until you told me that it's meant to be half tea, and that's a shit dairy. Well, either way, there are so many. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I mean, one bottle to go all the way through. Yeah, but you'd you, want the drier stuff. So you'd, when I say dry, the sweeter. That's so confusing. The, the label dry. But again, if you have a look, I think you'll find it between brands. That it's like when you see the word reserva in Argentina, it doesn't mean anything. No. There's no rule on it. So then, you'll find one prosecco brand will call it like five percent residual sugar, extra dry, and one will call it brut. And brut is a French word. There's no rule on using brut in Italy. So it's there's no. Consistency on that one. I get to issue of brand consistency. Right, fine. Then I'm a wine news. Fine. Yeah. 
I think for a second. It was still my news. And you know what? Fizz bubble acidity goes with so much food. So I was all championing hashtag superior. Hey, no, if you were to say it was normal food, I was fine, but it was sweet. It's not sweet. I just love Charlotte's face. Is quite she does agree with you. And you, I know. I can <laughs> see you. You're like you're, you being silent is agreeing with the with the devil over there in the corner. See, this thing is, I have to my entire life for people looking at it, I don't want to agree with them, I won't say anything, but they do secretly inside. just don't want to say it, because I'm mean. Okay, alright, okay, I do know from stalking you, Charlotte, that you like cherry. I right? do, yeah. You're a big fan of that. But what about port? I didn't really drink much port until studying it this year. Um, you haven't got the same affiliation with port as you No, no, not at all. Not okay, at all. Um, just because I, I have some wine news. Oh yeah, I thought you were going from I'm stalking her to you're really into sherry too. I had a you go you into pork because I've got a good bottle of pork. Come back to my house. What are you doing after this yeah. podcast? Do you want to come back to my house? Like, I've got a nice seventy-seven down for you. Like, you know, Nineteen seventy-seven. By the way, I'm incredibly. The, the news is about vintages. I know nothing about vintages, but I will give somebody the only thing I know about vintages are port. Which is so 2017 has now actually has been released as a as a phenomenal year. Quinta de Naval said it's like they think it's like literally their best vintage ever. Um, and the Simington family has declared it. Um, and the, the reason that, that it's apparently newsworthy is because they, they um, declared the 2016 and they never have ever yeah, in their first history. Time it's the first time they have ever declared a back to back vintage. So this apparently. Is newsworthy, not for the sherry drinker, but for the pork drinker. I've got to pay for speedboat um, somehow. But I don't know my vintages. Um, but one thing that I have found out is basically, 2017, 2007, 2019, 97, um, uh, were all really. And oh, sorry, hang on, wait. Oh no, it's basically you've got to go back every ten years, <coughs> and there's one vintage in them that's wrong, <coughs> and they're phenomenal. So I'm going to go with. 
Um, mine for the kind of minerality, clear, clean, poised style. Yours for that just delicious floral. It's, it's just pretty. Mm. Yours is a bit more indulgent. And yours, Jonathan, well, is, is a great lost. reason. It's a great reason, but it's just, I think the other two ironically have just a little bit more character. Um, I would say um, the Uruguayan is actually the better food one. It's mm. got that bit more, the acidity is more. The acidity is higher. It's, it's tighter. You, know, you feel it more as me, it's higher, but you definitely feel it more. But it's, it's tighter and it's very linear. Uh, the South African to drink on its own, you know, if you put it on the table, it disappears extraordinarily quickly. Um, <laughs> and again, even though we were saying it's a slightly a bit more sugar and it's not much more, um, you don't feel because the acidity is high enough in it that it's balancing that out, you don't feel any sugar on it at all. So for those of you out there who are scared by the word of why not being completely dry, you wouldn't notice in this. This is amazing. Actually, I've really enjoyed doing the Riesling New World Tasting. We love Riesling, everybody. If you haven't learned yet, drink more Riesling. The next one's not Riesling, though. We already know what the wine's yes. on the next one. It's not Riesling. <laughs> it's going to be a red wine. So we're, no, it we're, Yes, it is. It have to be. I think it will be. It's going to be right. That's a great... Oh, I might throw a spanner in the works now you've said that. I don't have to remember uh, Anyway, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I say no more. Charlotte, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you for having me. It's been a delight. And if we said anything illegal, obviously let us know. You can represent <laughs> us. There's a whole um, bit in here about some crimes she committed. I've had to edit it out. So, uh, <laughs> I can't... Yes, Charlotte, we can't believe oh, you did you, you're that. You're she's got a lawyer in a PR team with her right now. That's how much <laughs> Instagram popularity works. They're just staring at me, making sure I don't say anything wrong or, you know... Oh, thank you, Charlotte. It was amazing. So, thanks everybody. Join us again for another episode of Unfiltered. See Bye. You soon. Bye.